0: Steph Curry goes all the way off. The Eagles obviously flop. The Heisman Trophy is awarded tonight. And everything you need to know about going into week one of the playoffs, all of that and more on week 15 of It's Sports, sis. Welcome, friends, to week 15, episode 15 of It's Sports. We, like every other week, have so much to cover this week, but I want to start with Steph Curry because obviously he's from Charlotte. We've mentioned this before. We love him, and he went off this past Sunday against the Trailblazers and had 62 points yes okay so i think we need to start by saying steph curry stephan curry is his full name and yes Yes. as christine mentioned he is from charlotte he is the son of dell curry who went to virginia tech and played for the charlotte hornets and now is the announcer for the charlotte hornets and blah 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 blah, blah, blah. so yes he is a (laughs) star um for the golden state warriors who play in california it's northern california right Yeah, it's San Francisco, I believe. Oakland, maybe? Oakland? Is it Oakland or San Francisco? Either way. I guess I'm thinking San Francisco because it's the Golden State and the Golden State Bridge. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, then maybe it is San Francisco, but I also want to say that it's Oakland. I don't know. Anyway, it's somewhere in Northern California. (laughs) Goes to show you guys how much we know about the NBA. And they were playing the Portland Trailblazers, um, so Portland, Oregon, and the Total score at the end of the game was 137 to 122. And Steph Curry had how many of those points, Christine? 62. And this is huge too, because Golden State has not had a very good start to the season. They started with blowout losses to the Nets and to the Milwaukee Bucks. And they entered this past Sunday's game versus the Trailblazers with the worst offense in NBA and the second to worst defense. And you have to you have to like also consider that like two years ago, the golden state warriors won, won the championship. They won a national championship. They had a ring. And so last season they yeah. were crippled with injury, not to mention, um, you know, all the COVID disaster, um, and things like that. And so they're kind of, on the up and up, right? So they yeah. were very excited going into this season. And then Clay Thompson, who is Steph Curry's partner in crime, also known as his Splash Brothers, they're known as the Splash Brothers, the two of them, tore his ACL. I know. Oh, and wait. that was heartbreaking. It was, um, he tore his Achilles or Achilles. Achilles. Achilles, yeah, Achilles tendon. Whereas yeah. last season, he tore his ACL. So he was out all last season for his ACL. So he's just been riddled with injury, bless his sweetheart. So everybody was so excited for him to come back and then he gets hurt. And so all of the analysts and announcers have been pooping on the golden state warriors. (laughs) I know, I know. And Steph took that personally, which is, I think, I don't think it's why he made 62 points. I think that he just had a dominated dominating game yep. and it just kind of shut the critics up and yep. you know, he felt good about it. it. It made that win for him so much better because the critics had talked so much smack about him having to be more dominant for such a horrible team. Yes, it is seriously the best thing ever when you see, okay, these analysts, these critics, whatever, it's what they do for a living, right? So they're on ESPN and their job is to analyze and talk about all different sporting events. So when you see them eating their words so quickly after, you know, Saying all the negative things about Steph Curry about how he's nothing without Clay Thompson and he, um, you know, was supposed to be leading this team and he obviously can't do it. They have the worst offense and da 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 And then Steph Curry goes and makes 62 points in the game versus the Trailblazers. It just is like shut it. What yeah. now, huh? What are I you know. gonna say? Like it's a very quiet. Steph Curry is not going to look at somebody like I would and say. What now, right? Like <laughs> yeah. what? What you got, right? What are you gonna say next? But he does it in such a quiet way that makes you just love him that much more. Like it's like he's got this inner fury, yes. if you will. It, yeah. Will he, he? He released his inner quiet fury exactly. in this game and scored sixty-two points. Yes, exactly. And I just I want to. I mean, this isn't, and I need to, we probably should look up Christine, who else has had games with this many points. Cause I want to say Steph Curry is in like an elite category with only a very small number of players in NBA history to score over 60 points in a game. So just to give you guys a little bit of perspective Um, on the stat. So yes, Steph Curry had 62 points. I would say on average, the elite point guards, the point guards, a a point guard is the position that Steph Curry plays in basketball. So the elite point guards average around 30 points per game. So Steph Curry, I mean, obviously that's an average, right? So it's a compilation of all their games average together, but 30 points, he more than doubled all of the other elite active nba players averages for points in the nba it's crazy when you put it into perspective like just what he did with scoring these 62 points there have only been you know a few other players who have done this and he's up with michael jordan kobe bryant shaquille o'neal wilt chamberlain Like super big time players in NBA. They're the only other ones who have done this. So he's in elite status with these people. Yes, 100%. So we've said it once on this episode. We've said it before in previous episodes. And we've said it again. We absolutely love Steph Curry, the entire Curry clan, because he's from Charlotte. So go, Steph. I'm so happy for you. So glad that you got. Um, 62 points and that you're playing to the level that we know that you can play to and shut up all of those ESPN haters. Yes. We love you, Steph. But you know who I also love, Sarah, since he's been in Charlotte for so long? Who? Thomas Davis. And he and the Washington football team are headed to the playoffs with just a 7-9 and record because the Eagles decided to suck <laughs> even more than the Washington football team did during their game this past Sunday. Yeah, so this has been the talk of the last three days so you guys need to know kind of all of the ins and outs of this game and yeah we touched on it briefly last episode yeah now that this game happened i think it's important to kind of understand the ramifications of what the game meant the ramifications. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. So, okay. So the Eagles played the the Philadelphia Eagles played the Washington football team last Sunday night, this past Sunday night on Sunday night football. And if the Eagles would have beaten the Washington football team, the winner of the earlier game, Giants versus Cowboys game would have won the division or the NFC East. Now, historically, we should just note the NFC East has been the laughingstock of the entire NFL all season because they're not good. Their records as a whole were losing records. I mean, it was it was a a crazy thing to watch, but yeah sometimes two, or in this case, four negatives makes a positive because it made the last week of the NFL season of the regular season, very, very dramatic. So Washington, the Washington football team played the Philadelphia Eagles. And if the Eagles would have beaten Washington, then the winner of the New York giants and the Cowboys game would have gone to the playoffs. Correct. And the winner of the Cowboys and giants game was the giants Right and they are pissed. Yes because yes. what yes. everybody is saying is that the Philadelphia Eagles flopped mm-hmm. or tanked or also known as lost on purpose. And, and it seems like he was losing because I mean first off it was it was very obvious. I the decisions he was making who, he the coach? The coach, yeah, sorry. coach. No, the, the decisions he was making in the fourth quarter were it just showed that he was trying to lose to have a better pick in the draft. So in the fourth quarter, he pulled the quarterback, Hurts, and put in their third-string quarterback because they said they, they wanted to give him a shot. You but know, it's not won- like it was a blowout. It's not like yeah, Washington... Right, it's like Washington was beating them by some astronomical amount. So, and for those of you that don't really watch that much football, you'll see that sometimes, especially in the last week of the season, if it's a complete blowout and you know that you're not going to win the game in the fourth quarter, sometimes you'll put your scrubs in. Right? Sometimes you'll put those second and third string in in order. It's almost like it's almost like he was treating this game like a preseason game. He pulled. It was such a close score it was 17 to 14 washington football team was up by three points and in that fourth quarter he decided to pull their quarterback put in their third string quarterback to give them a few snaps um and then their very very first possession that the um quarterback had he threw an interception and he threw an interception and lost a fumble on his next and the coach kept him in not just that but they had a very easy chip shot field goal that they could have made to tie the game. And instead they decided to go for it and missed it on fourth down. Yeah, it was very, very apparent. And so obvious for obvious reasons, the New York giants were very angry with the Eagles because they said that they threw the game and It's because they didn't want the Giants to go to the playoffs because as Christine said, the Giants had beaten the Cowboys earlier in the day. And if the Eagles had beaten the Washington football team, then the Giants would have gone to the playoffs as the winner of the NFC East. But I, I do think, so a couple of things here, I think number one, that the Giants, as much as they want to sit here and say You, the, it's the Eagles fault, the Eagles fault, the Eagles fault. Maybe those other, however many games that the Giants have lost. Exactly. You should have taken a second look at earlier in the season and done a little bit better this season. And we wouldn't have been in this predicament to begin with number two, I don't think that the Eagles coach was doing this purely despite the New York Giants. I think he was, I do think that he lost on purpose. I don't think anybody is debating that, but what I do think he did it for, and you touched on this a little earlier, Christine is to save his sixth spot in the NFL draft. So because if they would have won, they would have dropped three spots. Right. Right. Yeah. They would have gone from the sixth pick to the ninth pick. And just as a reminder, the NFL draft is for all of the college players who are wanting to go like professional or like pro football and all of the teams line up and they select individual players in multiple rounds. So typically speaking, the draft picks when you get a, an early round first, every team gets a first round draft pick, but it's a matter of getting the number one pick through the number th- 32 pick, right? So right. the Eagles cemented their spot in the sixth pick with a loss, but would have dropped three spots to that nine spot if they would have won. So I think purely for their draft pick for this coming year, they lost on purpose and yeah, the giants are going to wee 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 all the way home, whatever giants fans, I don't feel bad for you. Pretty sure. I mean, the Panthers had a terrible record. What were we like five and 11? Like the NFC Pan- teams were just, I mean, not that far off of the Panthers. I mean, it's crazy yeah. to think about that. These teams are going to the playoffs, but I do think Their records are so horrible. Yes. I do think that the Eagles lost on purpose. But I do not think it was to spite the Giants. I do think it was in order to save their sixth pick in the draft. the draft. I agree, Sarah. And since we are discussing the NFL draft, we need to talk about the presentation of the Heisman Trophy, which is actually being awarded tonight. So by the time that this episode comes out, they would have already picked somebody. Obviously, we don't know who that is yet, but we do have the people that are in the running for it. Yes. And those are, well, I guess first, Christine, we should explain, I mean, what's the Heisman? Yeah. What is the Heisman Heisman trophy? What does that mean? Like, obviously it's a huge deal, but like what? Yeah. So, um, obviously the Heisman it's awarded annually to the most outstanding player in college football and the winners of the Heisman epitomize great ability combined with like diligence, perseverance, hard work, And you, I mean, it's really just the best players in the game. So historically, it's been awarded to quarterbacks and the three quarterbacks in the running this year are Alabama's quarterback, Mac Jones, Clemson's quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, and Florida's quarterback, Kyle Trask. Now there's also a wide receiver in the running, um, from Alabama. His name's Devonta Smith. And I think he's got a really, really good chance at winning this one, which would be awesome. Yes. Yeah, he's a wide receiver. Th- that doesn't typically happen. I know. I think so too. You know, what would be even cooler is if they had, like, I feel like like offensive linemen, like they just don't have the same stats, right? Like the linemen, yes. like offensive defensive linemen don't have the same stats. What I mean by that is like quarterbacks and wide receivers have a lot of yards, right? They, they, move the ball forward a lot. They've got throws, they've got catches, they've got completion percentages, whereas the offensive line is more of like an abstract stat line, if you will. And so there's nothing really to compare it to. So I do wish they would broaden this, the trophy a little bit more. I mean- I I agree, it's kind of hard. Yeah, to the number one player in all of college football. And like you said, Christine, it is historically a quarterback, but I do wish that they would just- you know, give the other players the defense maybe or the O-line um, a chance. Because to be completely honest, none of these quarterbacks would be anywhere near as good as they are without having an amazing offensive line to protect him from getting sacked time yeah. after time. after time. Um, this is completely off topic, Sarah, but how important the O-line is to a quarterback brings me to when I found out over christmas what aaron rogers does for his o-line for christmas have you heard about the insane christmas presents he gives them no what does he give them wait i feel like i have heard a little bit oh about- my god rolexes or something oh probably one year yeah <laughs> not just that he got them like 80 inch tvs a whole brand new set of golf clubs wow um had the crazy, crazy things for every single one of them. Yeah. And the O line, I forget who was speaking. It was on, you know, it was before a game, I think the Christmas day game, but he came on the news and he was talking about it. And he was like, this is what we all look forward to is Aaron Rodgers gives Aww. to us because they're always so legit. I love that. I do feel like I hope I don't feel like, I hope that all quarterbacks understand what the O-line does for them. And when we say O-line, I mean, offensive line, you guys, they're the, the big guys that are standing in front of the quarterback in a line. Um, It starts with the center. So the guy who's hiking the ball and then all of the other big guys who are lining up next to him, that they're all combined to be the offensive line and their job. And their only job is to protect The quarterback. Yes, whenever we they run the ball, they you know create holes for the running back to run through, but their number one goal is to protect the quarterback. So Christine's story about the Christmas gifts is just Aaron Rodgers acknowledging how important his offensive line is to him. And I think maybe one day we'll see this Heisman trophy you know, expand a little bit. I mean, yes, I still want it to be given to the number one player, um, you know, the best player in college football, but I do think that the different sides of the ball and different people need to be acknowledged a little bit, but the notable winners, just so you guys know, of the Heisman Trophy, just to kind of throw out some, some very popular names that have won the Heisman Trophy, Des Howard. So Des Howard is on college game day. He sits all the way over on the left. He won the Heisman. Cam Newton, so um, our previous quarterback at Carolina. Now, well, I guess not really. Last season was at the Patriots. Is now a free agent. Um, Tim Tebow, so the very godly man. Who went to Florida? He was a quarterback. He would always wear like the Bible verses under his eyes. Yes, the 360 under his eyes, exactly. Um, OJ Simpson. So the yeah, OJ Simpson, the murderer Wait, in the white Bronco. Yeah, who killed? I didn't know that. Yes, he won the Heisman. And then last but certainly not wow. least, Christine, our favorite quarterback in the NFL right now. Baker Mayfield, who is leading his team to the Cleveland Browns for the playoffs for the first time in 17 seasons, is also a Heisman winner. And I am so excited to see him in the Browns in the playoffs. It's because of the progressive commercials. We (laughs) called it. They are going to the playoffs for the first time since 2002. I'm so excited. It's a little unfortunate that their very first game is going to be up against the Steelers, but yep. I still have faith in them, and I think that Baker deserves this because he has shown a lot of poise, grace, leadership this season, whereas yeah. in his past, he was not a very good loser and kind of acted like a big baby. Every I season. told you that. I said, previous yes. to this season, I mean, he... Cheers to his PR person, his public relations person <laughs> for completely, not just changing his persona, but I am very stuck in my ways. Like I am judgy. I'm sorry. I am. I definitely God, don't get over things very easily. And so I was, you know, watching him when he was playing ball at Oklahoma and he was just a jerk. He was an immature jerk. And so and same kind of run through, you know, the NFL. He won the hyphen. Yeah. Everybody rolled their eyes, like so annoying. And now right. he has these progressive commercials and people are able to see his sense of humor. He's married. And yes, I'm, the progressive commercials saved him. Yeah. It saved him. It saved his reputation. Yeah. It saved his team. Yeah. I mean. It's really he's come a long way and I'm excited. I'm I'm excited for the Browns. Yes, me too. To I seriously am like the biggest Browns and Washington football team fan right now, but all of that to say, Christine. There are seven teams from each division that are going to the playoffs. And I do want to remind you guys, typically, so historically, there's only six from each, but because of COVID, they extended it to seven from each. So there's an additional wild card um, coming from the AFC and the NFC. So there are 14 total teams going to the playoffs and tell us who they are, Christine. All right. So for the AFC, we have the Chiefs, the Bills, the Steelers, Titans, Ravens, Browns and Colts. Okay. And for the NFC, we have the Packers, Saints, Seahawks, Washington football team, Bucks, Rams and Bears. So, we got a pretty good lineup and out of all those teams, Sarah, since our Panthers are not in it, who are you cheering for to bring it home? All right, so I think the Super Bowl it's okay. Don't think this, I just really want the super bowl to be the Browns versus the Washington football team. So I'm I am on, gonna, I'm going to find too good to be true. I'm going to find the Browns bar and the Washington football bar in Charlotte, and I'm going, and I'm going to be a bandwagon Browns and Washington football team fan through the playoffs. So go Browns, go Washington football team. Wow. Sarah, that's, those are bold picks. Who you got? <laughs> So I would love to see that happen. I don't, I think the likelihood of that happening are slim to none, but (laughs) I love, I love the boldness. Um, I am really going to go and stick in the AFC this, oh wait, it can't be... It has to be the winner of the AFC versus the NFC. So I was gonna yes. say Yes, the- okay. So that's a good point too, Christine. I'm yeah. glad you said that because the Super Bowl, so um AFC all AFC teams play each other and then all yeah. NFC teams play each other, and then the winner of both conferences, um, or both divisions, sorry, the AFC and the NFC will play each other in the Super Bowl. So yeah, it has right. to be one AFC team versus one NFC team in the Super Bowl. So I was going to say the Chiefs and the Bills, but they're in the same division, so I can't say that. Or sorry, they're in the same conference. Yeah, but I am going to say that I think the Chiefs from the AFC are gonna are gonna go, and I think that the Saints from our division are going to go. Okay. You know, I'm cheering up low key on the low, low cheering for Drew Brees because everybody's saying, I think he's already signed a contract with NBC. Like he for sure is going to be announcing sports over. So he's going to be hanging up his cleats, um, kind of transitioning over to the analyst side. So yeah, I'm kind of Low key cheering for Drew Brees, too. I definitely want him to do well. Um, I don't know if yeah. I want them to win the Super Bowl, but I definitely want them to do well. But while we're picking our overall winner, Christine, let's wrap this episode up with who you got for this coming week. All right. So Saturday and Sunday are the wild card games. So the divisional games are still to be determined. Saturday and Sunday are game days. So our 1 p.m. game on Saturday is going to be the Colts versus the Bills. Who you got? I've got the bills. I got the bills too. Josh Allen's on MVP run. Phillip Rivers chokes in the playoffs. I'm definitely thinking that the bills are going to win that one. All right. Next game on Saturday is our 4 40 PM game and it's Rams versus Seahawks. So Who I've always hated the Seahawks and I love the Rams coach. I think he's young and beautiful. So I'm going to cheer for the Rams. <laughs> All right. I have the Seahawks. Okay. Um, because Jared Goff is most likely not playing because he's injured. So. Oh, for oh really? For the Rams? For the Rams, yeah. What's wrong with him? I don't know. I just know he's injured. Well, get a and first, he's shot, Jared Goff, <laughs> and get your rear. It's, it's the playoffs that we're talking. Well, he here. he may play. It's just he may not. So I think I'm gonna go with the Seahawks because if he's not playing, then All chances right, don't involve. Show me what you're making, buddy. <laughs> 8:15 15 game on Saturday. We got Bucks versus Washington football team. All right. So I hate Tom Brady. And I don't know if you saw this clip. Okay. I don't hate him. I just, we've talked about this earlier in, the, in these earlier episodes. He's so easy to hate. I, it, so I, I love to hate him. It. I love yes. to hate him because he's so easy to hate because he's so good. Um, yes. Everybody throws around that he's the GOAT, the greatest of all time. La, 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 la whatever. Did you see, um, I forget his name, from the Washington football team. And he was leaving the field. And he kept saying, "I want Tom. I want Tom." And I believed him. I think he really does want Tom. I believed him. I believe him. I, I I'm he sure he does wants. want Tom. Yeah, I'm so sure he does. I'm picking the Washington Football Team. Obviously, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. So let's go, Ron yes. Rivera. Let's go, Thomas Davis. Let's go, Washington Football Team. I really, really would love the Washington football team to win this one. I do think that the bucks are going to win because very logically, Christine, I'm thinking purely <laughs> with my heart and emotion here. You're definitely being very, very logical. I just think Tom Brady and Antonio Brown are finally starting to see the connection together Yeah, and they're moving in the right direction. So I think that the bucks are going to take that one home. All right. Well, we've got all the Saturday games. Who's playing on Sunday? Yeah. So Sunday 1 PM is going to be the Ravens versus the Titans. I think Derrick Henry cannot be stopped. So I've got the Tennessee Titans. Okay. So I had a hard time choosing this one just because I I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Ravens just because their run defense is better. And yeah. I don't think the Titans defense is as good. So, and they give up a lot of points. So you I'm gonna think gonna go the, with Ravens the Ravens run defense can still stop Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry is is a force to be reckoned with. I'll give you that. That's but I still think that the Ravens are gonna win this one. All right. All right, we'll see. <laughs> the next one is the 440 game Bears at Saints. I want the saints to win. Like I said earlier, I'm going to be, I don't think that the saints, I don't want them to make it to the super bowl, but I do want them to do well. So I'll be cheering for Drew Brees and the saints at 4:40 on Sunday. I got you too, saints all the way. Drew Brees. He's a hall of famer. they got the best defense and Alvin Kamara will most likely be back for the oh, saints- good. Saints. Yes. Cause he was gone because of COVID, right? Yep. He was out for COVID. So there's a chance. I mean, he's more than likely gonna be back. Okay. All right. So okay. fingers crossed, he'll be back. And last but not least, we have our eight fifteen game, which is the Browns versus the Steelers. All right. So the Steelers, pretty sure what? They lost four in a row. I mean, we talked yeah, about this. They're on the down. We talked about this last week, but they did know that the last the last week and um regular season meant absolutely nothing to them, whether they won or they lost. So they yeah. sat pretty much all of their starters um and just like rested everybody. So they're basically coming off of a bye week, which could be good and it could be bad. Um yeah, I don't know how I feel about bye weeks. I feel like a lot of times like I think it's good for the rest you know, to rejuvenate. And recovery, and yes. It is, but it kind of gets them off their game a little bit. I was gonna say so Ben Roethlisberger sat last week and their final um their final home game just to rest him before the playoffs. And I don't think, I think the Browns are riding a high, Christine. I really do. I think they all know like that their fans are behind them like tenfold. This is the first yeah. time in 17 years that they've been. I think the energy, even if it's not physically in the stadium, is going to be there mentally. And these players are going to be so hyped. I'm not saying that the students are going to be hyped too, but I'm hyped. Like I want the Browns to win. Like keep playing do aggressive commercials. I want the Browns to win. Yes, I'm hyped too, Sarah. Just listening to you say that, I'm like, oh, I hope the Browns win so bad, but I have the Steelers winning. <laughs> I think the Steelers are gonna win, but I really, I'm secretly cheering for the Browns. I really, really want them nice to win setup, this Sarah one. Christine, nice setup. <laughs> Well, we'll see. We're pretty much polar opposites again. I need, I, know. I need to write these down and let everybody know on Instagram. Cause like I said, I'm purely picking with my heart. Christine's picking with her head and more logic, but it's fun. <laughs> well, that is it for this week's episode of It Sports is. Thank you guys for tuning in. We love you all so much. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram. And we will see you next week. Happy new year. Bye-bye.